also two outputs. So if you've got a, um, I'm doing a session with the K, an Irish band soon, like trad stuff. Uh-huh. So you know we can have like mando and fiddle on just the same headphone th- send and the um, accordion player on another send and blah blah blah. And the the the, the pot of gold player. Yeah, the leprechauns. Leprechauns. In the corner. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, uh, just like yelling stuff and throwing poo. Excellent. That <laughs> mm. yeah, should That's be a, a good very day. Irish thing, Looking isn't it? Forward to it. And on that note, Studying. welcome <laughs> to episode eighty-four. I think I'm just going to say eighty-four uh, of this super fun, awesome, mm. happy time pedal show podcast. My name is Gabor. Hey, welcome. I'm Alex. And I think I was clipping a little bit then. I turn myself down a bit. Okay, so let's uh, clipping. Let's hopefully not clip for the rest of this. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for tuning in um, to the world's uh, 75th ranked guitar music gear podcast. In uh, all of Southeast Queensland. In all of Southeast Queensland. So, yes, yep. thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please yeah. don't forget the thing. I, I, I consciously now want to say it before we start this thing. Take a photo of whatever it is you're looking at um, and send it to us. Either email it to us, superfunawesomehappytime at gmail.com or go to our Facebook or Instagram and just send us a message. Uh, always love to know um, where you guys are that are listening to this and uh, why you're listening to this. And uh, You don't have to be in a photo. Just take a photo of whatever it is you're looking at while you're listening to this and, and send it to us. So that's that. So Alex. Yeah. H- how's it going? It's going all right, eh? Going all right? Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, just done, <laughs> trying to stay dry now that we've um, done with our fire season. It's flooding. Flooding season now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had some water come in yesterday again, a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, we we had we have some continuing issues with um, in the house or the studio. In the house, the studio seems fine, but um, okay, cool. In the house, uh, there's a there's a um, there's a patio roof, and where the patio roof is attached to the house roof. Yeah, uh, we keep having issues there somewhere in that area with water, a little bit of water seeping in. So we had um, some water seeping in last night, um, and it comes out. Uh, basically, there's a door underneath. There's a glass sliding door. Mm, you know yeah. the one I mean, and um, the, the, gl- the glass one, the glass sliding door one. Yes, the one that's the, glass. The, the moves like across. Yes, that slides. To the side. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I one. Know one. Um, and yeah, there's water coming in. You know, around the the what do you call it? Like the the not the 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 the, the skirting kind of board looking thing around it. What do you call it? The the door frame. I call it door frame. Yeah. Door frame. Cool. Yeah, the door frame. So there's there is um there's some water and only drops, but it means the the ceiling is a bit wet and there's water mm. in there, and it's not a good yeah. thing that water comes in. But it's only when it rains really heavily. So um, we got to work out. We've had a. A guy look at it a couple of times and uh, waterproof bits and yeah, but it still seems to be happening. So that um, sucks. That's not good. Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. Right. But other that's than that, good. yeah. So today I spent the whole morning. Um, uh, I just bought uh, an external, another external hard drive. Um, one of those. What do you call them? Like a. SSD, what are they called? Like a, the dock things. Yeah, like with a dock thing, two and a half inch SSD uh, and a dock, so I can actually now 
put two cards in and it took a little while because it I don't know I mean I don't know much about computers but it only liked certain certain USB ports it doesn't like all of them oh really yeah okay. so it took me a little while to work it out but now it's plugged into a USB port where it seems to work yep um, so I've got an external an, another external um, hard disk to store so, all these um, videos because I mean god it's so much so much freaking space all these videos so how are you going to set it up just as like extra storage hey? so basically the way I do it now that that is as extra storage so that's where I'm going to store all the um, I don't keep the um, when we do when, when I edit videos I don't keep mm. the actual um file where all the different bits are in so i can't once it's done i delete that i just keep yeah. a copy of the finished video that same same that you would upload to um youtube the internet uh, and that's in a folder but i mean that's the thing as well they're all like between two and six gigabytes so you mm. get a few of them you know in a folder together and it takes up tons of room so that i've, I've got this so it's an extra terabyte i've got now and that is going to take care of that so that folder where i store all that is on there but then also now, every time we do shoot videos, I copy the stuff from the SD cards that are in cameras, I copy directly onto that external hard disk. And yeah. then, and that's something new that I'm sure lots of people know about, but I never knew about this until very recently. You don't actually have to copy the stuff onto your computer because these external hard drives are fast enough that you can actually, mm -hmm. when I edit it on in Final Cut, I can it reads it from the external hard disk. So the actual files don't go on my computer because that was always an issue. Sure, you edit, yeah. uh, you, you know, I could only, I've got a four terabyte hard disk. and In your, in your Mac? In my computer. Yeah, well, that's pretty big. Huh? And yeah, yeah, I, I went for the biggest I could get. Um, so it's four, four terabyte SSD or fusion drive, actually, to call it, not, SSD, not solid state, it's a fusion drive. <laughs> and... Um, but the thing is, you have like five videos you edit with two, sometimes three camera angles and the yeah, audio, yeah. and that's like a terabyte <laughs> gone. Oh, that's um, crazy, yeah. And then the more you, more stuff you put on your computer, the, the more it slows your computer down as well. So yeah. like this now, I don't have any of those files on the computer. They're always on the external hard disk, and then I just mm. use it via that. So that's, that was a bit of a revelation for me and, and made things much quicker now yeah cool like it's um it's kind of boring but it's only <laughs> it's kind of necessary to be able to be creative with all this stuff yeah because it, whether it's like video is obviously way more intensive yeah than audio draw on um uh computers than um, audio but still if you have a big recording session with um lots of virtual instruments and sample libraries and stuff that's pretty thirsty on your cpu yeah it is very RAM, so it's um yeah so that's another thing we're going to try to do because i've got this dock now where i can have two external hard disks right mm. so i'm going to try and get i want to get another external hard disk yeah um, and i want to try a whole bunch because this is actually a, a sort of a trick i kind of learned from i watched a christian henson the guy from spitfire audio one mm. of his videos and he has almost exactly the same looking thing that i have this dock for his traveling thing because i think in his studio he has a rack mount version of it which um uh, uh black magic does it and i know henning has one of those as well so it's basically a rack 19 inch rack 
yeah. and you have I don't know maybe four SSD oh, slots yes, in another, it. Another one, yeah. I think there's four slots. Yeah. Four slots, and I think he has that, he uses that in his studio. And Henning has I think two of those. <laughs> Of course he does. Yeah. Henning always has, you know. Um, so, uh, but I've got now this external thing with two, and so yeah, I want to try and because uh, I've got, um, you know, like um, um, Native Instruments Complete. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. I want to, and it's that takes up, you know, a few hundred gigabytes, just all the sample library from all the complete stuff, and I want to mm. see if I can move that off my computer onto an external hard disk. Because I don't use it that often, but then it's there when I want to use it. But um, it's not actually on the computer; it's stored off the computer, so it'll free up even more space on the computer. Mm, yeah, cool. Keep it lots of headroom there for processing. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. And then the other thing I did this morning was I got a because um, I'm I'm kind of rebuilding my studio at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and it's still. A bit of a mess because I never have time to actually do it all. Um, but I got this new interface from the good people at Audient here in Australia, Audient Australia, uh, which is Studio Connections. Uh, Paul, they sent me this ID44 um, interface, which is great. I really like it. Um, but comp- well, not but, but uh, my old interface didn't have um, any optical ins. But this has got opt- optical ins, two optical ins and two optical outs. Cool. Uh, and my Torpedo Live has an optical, like a SPDIF out. So I now got all the cables and you need this little converter box because the Torpedo Live has a um, coaxial. I don't I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm very new to this. Yeah. But it's a coaxial. So it's digital analog or analog digital. Yeah, it's, it's just a di- different type of digital to ADAT. Uh, and then, so you need this little converter box that then converts it to uh, the proper optical, digital optical. Hmm. Uh, so I bought that. So after this um, podcast, I'm going to do a little video where I A-B between just a normal analog using, you know, the analog in going into the preamp in the, the mic pre in the in the audience yep. to record the guitars versus um, going um, optical. So now, technically, by going optical, you have one less ADDA conversion going on. Because, mm. yep. I mean, the, the torpedo for it to come out of the line-out, the actual um, um, TRS-out, it has to convert it from digital back to analog, and then it goes into the interface, which converts it from analog back into digital. Yes. So like this, it, it stays digital. So we'll see if it makes a difference in sound quality. That'll be interesting, yeah. And the thing uh, it does apparently, uh, it sends out. Um, so you record it. It sends out two channels. Okay. And one is the affected, um, uh, uh, like the cab simulated, and the other one yeah. is a dry signal. Oh, that's cool. So you always have a dry signal as well, which you can then, I guess, um, with like a, the wall of sound plugins or any other plugins or whatever you want to do with it. Or I guess mm. you could reamp it, you know, as well. Yep. And yeah. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah. check that out. That's going to be interesting. So um, it's a, just a new world. So I've been laying cables and laying finding cables. places to plug stuff in. And and it's been a bit – it's been interesting, but um, yeah, cool. it's all good. Nice. So that's me. That's uh, And right just on. editing videos and uh, a few mm. new new – Toys arrived, like not just hard disks, but um, 
I bought. Uh, oh, you got that little red red half rack Boss one. Hey. Yeah, I think it's a VF one. Is it? I think that's what it's called, Boss VF one. Which um, yeah. someone someone commented on one of our videos once. I think it was the what's the Mad Professor the modulation one called the Half Moon, Double Moon. Oh yeah, Double Double Moon. moon I think. I think yeah. Um, about how because um, I said in the video how it's modulation but a little bit different. Yep. Um, and they said, oh, you should try the Boss VF1 because then, you know, you can do, you really have super duper control over all modulation and stuff and and how it all works and everything. So I need to find a power supply for it because it didn't come with a power supply and it uses 14 volt AC. But I think the, um, the Mostronic stuff that I've got, the Valve Pre is 14 volt AC. So I might use that same power supply. Um, what's this one? I have a 15 volt AC. Ah, one off. <laughs> Will that blow it up? I don't know. I, I, that's a, I don't know enough about this stuff. I'm, I'm always worried. So I don't want to send us a message. Will my gear blow up? <laughs> so yeah, so I haven't tried it yet, but that's it, it's in the makings. Yeah, cool. Okay, nice. So what's new with you, Alex? Before we'll, we'll, we'll talk about just what's new and maybe the videos we've done before we go into the the main thing of this um, podcast. Mm. Because I've been avoiding asking you any questions about Nam in America. <laughs> I, I've, we've seen each other twice now since um, yeah since you've been back. But I've totally avoided any questions because I, I, I thought let's keep it spontaneous for the podcast. So sure. okay. <laughs> so what's new with you? Um, 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 uh, I've got a couple of little new bits of kit in the studio. Ah. Actually, before we do that, guitar pedal stuff. I'm going to redo the drive section on my gigging pedal board. Uh, we should do a video of that. We should do because it just – I had one of those gigs, was it last – my God, last weekend, last Friday, I think. And you know when you just can't get the tone that makes you comfortable all night and out of three sets I played one solo I was happy with? So, maybe it's – maybe it's uh, it isn't tone in the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> one finger one yeah huh. <laughs> um, yeah it just wasn't you know when you're just not quite comfortable yeah and everything's a bit clunky and yeah like bus with square wheels so um, yeah I'm going to redo the drive section because I'm not completely happy with that and so far I've got it down to a uh, full drive from full tone and the Grumpkin which is a local ah. drive but the Grumpkin is cool we should is, do a video because yeah. I'm actually I've been talking about I, I need to get a new pedal board but I want to make a smaller pedal board so maybe we should do a video um, both mm. of us redoing our pedal boards yeah because I've got the junior and do you want to get the same size uh, don't know yet I'll see what I get I think uh, junior's pretty good size you can fit a lot on there and it's not too well the junior is like what I use for my acoustic board yeah yeah yep. and more than anything else on the junior I like for my acoustic stuff, is the hard case is the perfect height mm. to put my mixer on next to me when I sit down. So it's like a oh yeah, cool it's, table, you know, <laughs> table as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking possibly maybe a junior. I guess maybe a junior, but <clears throat> um, or actually the one I'm thinking of is the oh. one I had before, which is just a, the old pedal train classic, well, which used to be the pedal train two back in the days. Okay. Or I guess now they're metros or whatever they are. I don't know. Yeah. 
I kind of like having slight li- limitations with size. So otherwise I get carried away and you get all this stuff that you don't really need or use. No, well, I want to... The only thing with me is I want to put the whammy on it. Sure. Because I have it. It's a big sucker and a maze or use it. So that takes up a lot of space. What if you had that off the board? But then no, but then that just extra lugging and extra doing stuff and plugging. Mm -hmm. I don't want... The thing is with this, I want it... I want to just have it one power, you know, so one power thing plugs... Powers everything. And yeah. I'm gonna have a little. Um, I want to have a um, like an interface type thing where input output is on the on the one side. You know, you plug in. Everything's wired up, ready to go. Done. Yeah, That's cool. basically the way I want it. What if you could get a pick up a cheap second hand whammy and rehouse it in like the tiny tiny baby crybaby housing? Uh, no, I'm just going to use my whammy. <laughs> I don't want to work that much. That's too much effort. That'd be cool. It's too much effort. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I got, I, I bought the pitchfork back in the days as well, because I thought, oh, that'll be cool to kind of scale down. Yeah. But uh, I just like the whammy. It's a good size. I really like it. I have it. You know, I don't want to just go to waste to sell it. Mm-hmm. I have it. I just want to use it. So I'm thinking the one up from the Pedal Train Junior, whatever that is. Uh, it doesn't even have to be pedal train. It could be also those rock boards look really good. Yeah, true. Yep. Uh, or anything really. And I want it. I want a soft case. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I don't think I will go flying anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. Mm. And if I do, I think I would do a smaller, even smaller rig anyway. And uh, and if it's small of a soft bag, it can carry on. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, I haven't done flight gigs in quite a while. Yeah. And I'm not really necessarily that keen to do any flight dates anytime soon. So if I just do a couple of local gigs, um, you know, in and out of the car, soft case is much easier, much lighter. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. So I want to go a, a soft, like a mono, mono case style bag. Mm. Um, well, the, um, the mono case backpack ones are cool. Yeah, well, maybe maybe I'll check into that and see um, yeah. if I can maybe even get one of those that fits because then I could have the, you know, because I love the I love the monocase for my guitars, yeah. And so I could you know have the guitars on one shoulder and the um, the pedal board on the other shoulder, and then you know uh, a thing just, with leads in the other, you know, in the hand. You just in the other hand, you could have your discreetly pregnant Brazilian lingerie model girlfriend. Wow, that's that's mm. very specific. I was going to say that's a mouthful, but you know, <laughs> well, that as well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, I want to be the same thing. Just restrict myself with Pedal Train Junior so it's easy to get in and out. It's just one lead in and out. It's all wide up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I, I've been using um, uh, uh, switches like the ES8 and before that the Chameleon Loop mm. thing, whatever, but I think I'm just going to go without. Oh, yeah? Um, sure. Just just going direct, and I think I want to yeah switch around a few drives. I, I'm really keen on the um, I really like the Interstellar uh, Overdriver Deluxe that I've got, which mm-hmm. is cool because it's a normal drive, but then you have the quirky side on it as well. So I think yeah, I want to cool. put that on there, and maybe a few other things, and and just a couple of quirky things. But that's that's one of the things as well. A lot of the pedals are like uh, slightly larger format. So for yeah. example, I I think I w- would really like to have the Airplane Flanger. 
on there again just to make silly noises. Mm. And the Interstellar Overdrive Deluxe is quite big and the Whammy is quite big. So I'm thinking, a, you know, way smaller than what I've got, but um, a bit bigger than my junior, which is the um, like what I use on my acoustic board. Just yep, a bit bigger than that. Yeah, cool. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the other bits of pieces I have for the studio, I've got a, um, oh, I don't know if you're interested, but it's a um, new 500 series unit, the Loop Trotter Emperor, which is kind of a um, limited compressor and harmonic distortion thingy. Uh -huh. And it's bright yellow, which is cool. Uh -huh. That's cool. And um, I finally got my first Eurorack module too. Have you got your patch cables yet? No. <laughs> they've been due like last week. Wow, that's very slow. Like, I know. I literally these these cables I ordered day before yesterday. Here today. Wow. Might have to check out your eBay guy. Cable um, chick. Cable what? Cable chick. Chick. Cable chick. It's actually like a, cable chick. That's what it like is. A like a small bird. Yes, yes. Well the the logo is hang on. This is for all the people with the special glasses again. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a girl with... It's a girl. Red hair. With red hair. And they're based in Brisbane. And any oh, kind no. of cable needs, Might they're great and quite cheap. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. We're not sponsored uh, by them, but yeah. Um, uh, cable chick. Awesome. I just sent Alex a message. Brian just sent you a message. Who did? Brian. Carlin. Did he? Yes, he said he did. He asked for your number the other day. I think Hi, uh, Brian. some more gigs maybe. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, yeah, it just came through then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I still haven't checked out the um, Eurorack module because I don't have any patch cables. And I brought patch cables and then I forgot about it because I was kind of feeling sick. And then uh, oh. I didn't bring them last time I was there. Sorry. No, that's all right. I, I thought they wouldn't have been here by now, but um, I've got the Strymon guitar interface module. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't know, Eurorack is super hot signal compared to guitar signal, so you need a attenuator and booster in and out. And um, <coughs> and yeah, I've got a Dreadbox so nostalgia, nostalgia delay. So, and it's a delay, yeah, and it's purple. Oh, check out. Um, we I think we. As in our YouTube channel, we've subscribed to him. Uh, there's a guy in England called Div Kid. Okay. D I V Div Kid. He's like a, a synth guy, um, and he reviews synthesizers. And uh. he, I think, yesterday or day before yesterday, put up a video uh, with the guy who, uh, and he's running through his live rig, and he's a guy who plays guitar. Yeah. And he uses all. Uh, well, he uses a combination of modular gear, Eurorack gear. And tape, real tape. Oh, cool. And he plays his guitar through it and does these sort of ambient looping things. But there's this really cool, I'm sure it's massively expensive, but there's this really cool um, Eurorack looper thing. Mm. I forgot what it's called, but check out the video. It's really, really cool. Well, send me a link. Um, so I'll forget it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <coughs> hang on. I'll, uh, it should be on Yeah, because. It's pretty cool. Like, once once I get maybe like a um, couple other modules to modulate the delays and control them, and we can get some pretty wacky stuff going on. 
Uh, hang on, I'm just trying to find it because I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday. I watched it last night anyway. Um, okay. But it sounded so cool. Uh, where is he? Unless um, I may have watched it on my channel. Hang on, let's quickly check for Div Kid. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we haven't subscribed to him now. Um, oh, 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 no, no, that's his video. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, Tape Loops Eurorack Guitar Marcus Fisher Studio Performance Live Rig. It's super cool. Hang on, let's see. Yeah, actually, cool. if we can, this should come through. If if we can hear, this is an ad. <laughs> <laughs> let's skip the ad, let's skip the ad, let's skip the ad. <laughs> Hang on, where is it? I'm trying to find a bit where it's playing because it sounds so cool. It's too quiet to come through, I think. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, but he has this... Uh, where is it here? It's called the ER301 Sound Computer <laughs> by Audio... Uh, no, hang on. Who is it by? I don't know who it is by. It doesn't... Sound Computer. The ER301 Sound Computer. And it's this, It's quite a big Euro, Euro um, rack yeah. module, but it has a screen on it where you can also... Uh, you see the sound waves... And then you can select bits, and then you can uh, make it granular, and it's it's it sounded really really cool. Um, yeah, some some are basically like full computers in a in a module. Well, that's a sound computer, that one. <laughs> With a name like that, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like one of. I can imagine it being quite expensive, but um, yeah, check it out. So I, I might put a link in the if I remember into the notes. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it sounded really, and then he had, of course, he had two tape machines. Yeah, and you know, so it ran through that, but then also actual tape machines and stuff. So um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, that's um, probably what. Oh, I do have new headphone amps. <laughs> if you care about that. Well, oh, tell us about uh, the headphone amps, Alex. Uh, they are actually built by Andrew from Oztronics. Oh, hello, uh, Andrew from Oztronics. Who have uh, checked out a bunch of his gear now? If you haven't been paying attention, oh uh, yeah, they're just available on his website. Basically, he's um he was, he's always started building stuff when we chatted to him. He's always built stuff for himself and friends, and then it turns out that other people like it too. Yeah, it's become his business, and yeah, this is one of those things where he just needed a good loud, clean headphone app for loud drummers and rock singers and stuff. And um, yeah, I've got some in the studio, so we'll probably use them at some point. Also, just for sessions in general. Yeah. And um, you're using just, one right now, aren't you? I am. Yes. And uh, it just works, and it's loud and clean, and you know, simple. His stuff is always good. So. There's just one control, which is volume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all you it's need. Ma it's maybe on a quarter, and it's loud. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's cool. Um. Uh, other things. Oh, we've been playing with the uh, a f an amp that a friend lent us. Oh yes, yes, the Transatlantic Thirty, the, the mysterious Ben that we talk about that no one's ever seen. Yes, <laughs> all uh, by himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Obama's elf. Yeah, Obama's elf. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Transatlantic. What's it? TA Thirty. TA Thirty. TA Thirty. The mess of. 
um, thing. And it's kind of foxy thing on one side, like a top boost and normal channel. And the other side does the crunchy tweed thing and then also some high gain stuff. It sounds cool. Yeah. You're not totally in love with it, are you? Um, you, it's, you like it. It's I like it, but it's. Yeah. I think it's too similar to the stuff I've got here. Sure, yeah. So for me, I'd, I'd like something a little bit different. And, and um, I'm actually a little bit lusting over an amp I showed you on, on Gumtree at the moment. So, uh, the white uh, one? That, the Angle Screamer. Yeah. So uh, I might try and sell some stuff and see if I can buy that because um, I did a video of it of the Mark II, but I mean, it's. Mm. I think it's voiced the same. It just has a few extra features to Mark II, but this is a Mark I. But it was re-tolexed and a new grill was put on. And um, angle, a lot of it usually is quite black and quite, because it's, it's angry, it's metal. Metal! Metal! But uh, <laughs> this one was re-tolexed in a, in a white Tolex and it has a yeah. copper grill on it. It looks so cool. It's, it looks very classy. It's actually pretty cool, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's that the, the Screamer 50 head, and I'm quite yep. keen on maybe getting that. So you never know. You might see that later on. Just for something different, because uh, Angle has mm. quite a unique sound. They have their own sort of sound. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And speaking of Angle, we mm -hmm. just did a bunch of videos with the Angle cab loader, using it as a power amp and speaker emulation, running an amp in a box pedal into it. Yep. Uh, so we yeah. did two videos, one a low-gainy one and one a more high-gainy one. Uh, what were your thoughts on the on, on both, either or both? Uh, for me, I think that it, it it's found its strength in the high-gain sounds, like really good high-gain sounds. Yeah. Because we had the um, – mind you, we did have the Bogner Ecstasy Blue pedal, which is, is pretty awesome in itself going yes, into it. very, very so good pedal. It had a pretty high-level – quality to start with but yeah it sounded great well and i think again the whole angle thing i mean they're not known for yeah it's not the low gain bluesy stuff so i think they're like the way the, the way they do their power amp emulation <laughs> the way mm. you know the speakers because i mean the cab loader basically it has a power amp emulation on it it has speaker emulation on it so they put their own cabs cab irs on it and they put microphone, so you can select different microphones, you can select different power amps. Uh, so you could run it at the end of a pedal board, basically, to go direct into the PA. And I think it's all voiced more towards the heavier stuff because that's just what they do. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, it's, I thought it sounded really, really good. Mm. Uh, it, was, it was decent with the kind of low-gain plexi type thing. But I think, yeah, definitely found it stride with, um, with the high-gain stuff. And just big and full and tight and wasn't glassy or, you know, too too much in the top end. Still bright without being hurting. Hurty? Hurty, lovely. Hurty, hurty. Hurty. Hurty, hurty, sad ears. And uh, that's what a dog do. Yeah, no, it was cool. I thought it was really fun. Cool, mm. cool, 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 cool. And then what so, was yeah. the, other, the other thing we did was... Uh, Oh, oh, we, we did a remake of the All Blood Noise Endeavors um, Black Fountain Delay. Mm, what yep. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's cool. Hey, <laughs> it's um, I like it when when gear kind of has a personality and adds something to to your sound and makes you almost play differently. 
and um, it's this whole thing of making a statement, but almost where you where there's no where you're not kind of just trying to fit into some sort of beige idea of guitar sounds. Yeah, yeah, being because yeah. yeah. um, and it's come up in conversation recently about like producing music in a studio where. Some people are like, oh, I really want to, I don't want to go too crazy. And I want to just kind of be like, I want to be original, but just sort of be like everyone else. That's boring. But you only want to be like other people because they were original in the first place and groundbreaking. Exactly. That's why you love love X artist or Y band or whatever it is. It's because they broke ground and did something different. Everyone's going, oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's I mean, it's actually. I was just talking to my wife, to Sarah, my wife, about that. Um, yeah. I mean, this is almost a whole episode in its own. Sure. But yeah. I think a little bit nowadays. Um, sadly, if you're looking at generally the arts, generally, right? I'm talking, but and I mean, probably the two most accessible and most consumed arts, music and film. Mm. Um. I think it's at a point now where because it's 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 gotten to a point and especially music where it's not about the music anymore it's about making money. So I yeah. mean that's the thing with with I mean it always was like that on ra- with radio but even now with the uh, you know Spotify's and whatnot uh Apple Music and all that they push you uh if you know you are a money making entity if you're not then then don't give a crap about you. And I think it's gotten to a point now where a lot of movies and a lot of music has become very vanilla because it's safe. Yeah, sure. They're going for safe because safe makes money. And yep. I think it's 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 quite sad in a lot of ways that people that actually want to push boundaries and want to be original and want to do new things don't get an audience. Not that they wouldn't have an audience because I'm sure there would be an audience for it, mm. but it don't get the opportunity given of having an audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's starting to come out of that stage now though with like more and more people doing their own thing online, having their own YouTube channels or own Yeah, but I mean, um, same with that. on their own websites. Same with that. Unless you have traction, you're not mm. being plugged, you know, unless you sure. – that's the thing. You have to get to a point where your channel ha- – I mean, even not saying that we're huge. I mean, we just today just went – We've got 11,000 subscribers. Oh, yes. Congratulations to us. Congra- yeah, 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 us. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for even, you know, when you, you turn on YouTube yeah. and you have yeah. recommended videos and you have, uh, you know, these are your subscription and this is what you're subscribed, you know, these are other channels and other things that you're subscribing, the same list of viewers watch. Yeah. You yeah. only get into that if you reach certain thresholds. Uh, but they don't give a crap about you and want to plug you and push your thresholds until you reach those thresholds. So mm. getting there is quite hard. And that's the thing. It's sort of this – it creates – for people to get to those points, you have to be kind of vanilla, you know. You have to – I mean, a prime example now, and, and no offense to anyone, there's but. this real thing now, and it, I guess it was started by Rick Beato. Yeah about lower gauge strings uh, are actually better. How many offshoot videos of that have there been now? Like 
hundreds. Sure, yeah. Everyone kind of jumps on a bandwagon, and sadly, the only way for you, and I mean, it's that's it's it's got to do with the audience as well, but it also has to do with with things like you know YouTube and Google pushing things that are trending. That stuff mm. is trending, so they're pushing that. But it yep. means content creators create vanilla content because it's the same crap that's just – it's exactly the same as that Rick Beato video just done by someone else. Exactly, But yeah. they do it because, you know, that's sort of clickbait and that will work and mm. then they get views. And Yes, but we're talking about Rick Beato and not about the other people. So the fact that he actually did the, yeah, yeah. Did the thing in the first place means that people are going to remember him. So he's kind of been original with his content. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But so he's a guy stuff. who has over a million subscribers. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> you know, so he had to get to that point. Yeah. And I mean, and again, I mean, he's, I'm not saying anything negative about Rick Beato. He's, oh, yeah, no, he's His great. content is amazing. What he does is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, unless you get to that point, if, mm. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, prime example, you and me did a video two years ago, maybe, about the pod Right? Yeah. And how sure. you can actually make it sound kind of good. Very few views. No one gave a crap about it. Someone like Ola England does a video of it. All of a sudden now you, you see there's lots of offsprings, other people doing pod videos at the moment because he did a video not long ago uh, where he did a video on the pod and said, you know what? Yep. This actually still sounds really cool. Now all of a sudden people think the pod sounds cool. And there's all these other videos about the pod happening now. Which, which it doesn't. But yeah. it's because so- he because he – has a lot of followers, a lot of subscribers. So yeah. YouTube pushes his content. More people see it, more people watch it. Again, not saying anything against him or not saying that, you know, why didn't people watch our video? But our video, because we're a small channel, YouTube didn't push it, so no one gave a mm. crap about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because of ad revenue on the videos. Yeah. YouTube is, is a business. Well, that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. It's yeah, not, a, totally. it's, and that's, it, in my opinion, that's where music is going and that's where movies are going. Uh, sure. Where it's not necessarily about making the most brilliant, most, you know, futuristic, most groundbreaking movie. It's about making something that will make the most revenue. Mm. And, and there's always going to be, I think there's always going to be room for that and also room for really groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- I'm sure there's because, room for it. Because of the kind of people that – not kind of people. Okay, kind of people. <laughs> the people that just want to go to a movie and watch some car chases and explosions because it's kind of <laughs> lighthearted and fun, Yeah, which is me sometimes. But then you also want to go check out an art house thing or a French film or some Tarantino stuff that kind of pushes it. Yeah, that, um, but I mean that's the want- thing. That's the thing. Like, has the has like, I mean Tarantino. He was sort of you know, over 10, 15 years ago now as well. You know, a lot of the Tarantino stuff. Mm. What is sort of really pushing? That's kind of commercially out there, but that's actually pushing the boundaries. That's what I'm getting at. Is I think it's getting more and more now. There's less and less people even really wanting to push those boundaries because they know there's nothing in it for them because it's not being pushed. Um, I don't know about that. I think there's still both sides of the coin. It's just both sides are getting more flooded. Everything's getting more flooded. So you kind of just have to look a bit harder to get A or B. Well, you don't have to look hard to find A because A is what every time you turn on anything 
media related. You see previews for, you know, the big movie, which is exactly the same as another movie, just with a different title. Sure. And Yeah, but that depends on what, like, um, if you watch free-to-air or if you watch something else. Well, that's um, anything. The kind, of pla- the kind of platforms you look on is going to dictate the kind of advertising that's on there and the kind of media that's being pushed. So if you if you just watch SBS or ABC, you're going to be advertised to you f- for different content. But if you're watching Channel 9 or something or Channel 7 here. No, no, but I'm t- what, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about, you, you know, you turn on YouTube yeah. and there's like a movie trailer. It's not the outhouse movie trailer. It's I mean, it doesn't matter. All, all I'm getting is I think to me, um, and, and especially if you listen to radio, right, you turn on the radio, commercial radio, any like you know anything like. I mean, there's yeah. different genres, you know, of, of sort of styles of radio stations. But you turn them on, mm-hmm. and you almost guaranteed you listen to it for half an hour. It's it's it doesn't there's not much difference there. It all kind of sounds the same. Sure. Because it's this vanilla thing that's being pushed, and that's being pushed. And I know there's different places, but I mean it's the same. You go, uh, it, it's. Anyway, I mean, like I said, this could be an episode in its in itself, and we're yeah. forty minutes into this, and we haven't even talked about your trip to Nam yet. So let's maybe, I mean, if people want to hear us talk about this on in a, in a, for a whole episode, um, we can do that. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I just find it. I, I, me personally, I just find it's getting to to me. It's getting more and more put to a point where um, people that want to push boundaries are not necessarily recognized because it doesn't make money, so it's not interesting because only things that make money are interesting. I think it's always been like that too. Yeah, but it's getting worse now. You think? I think it's getting worse. I mean, if you go back, if you think back, and again, again, we can talk about this now for another 20 minutes or half an hour, but if you go back, you know, even 15, 20 years, 30 years ago, um, a lot of times like record companies would sign people because they do things they are like different they do you know they were taking risks mm. on nowadays you don't get that sort of stuff because risk is not something that's that is interesting you don't want risk you want safe you want the safe money making thing mm. it's probably cuz um record companies don't have budgets like they do cuz lots of people are going independent to get their music out there so yeah, but that's exactly the point. They go independent any, to get the music out there, but then no one pushes the music because they're independent. Yeah, because uh, record companies aren't having the CD sales to fund side and more creative projects. So all the stuff they push is probably have to be super like safe and commercial. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, anyway, yeah. let's stop talking about that. So, Alex. Hey, man. Uh, you went to Nam. I did. Okay. Tell us about it in uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes, sure. <laughs> or less. No, no, no. Just just go. Well, we went to um, Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago now. and um, oh, Los Angeles. It was, yeah, City of Angels, man. CC. Did you did you go under the bridge downtown? Uh, went under a few bridges. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any trolls there. Oh. And... Um, yeah, did you, did you lose your love anywhere under a bridge? Not that I remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> and um, yeah, went down to uh, Anaheim to the NAM show. Okay. And um, so 
if you haven't been down to Orange County at Anaheim, it's basically literally across the road from Disneyland. So the all the streets are kind of like manicured with the perfect palm trees and the perfect um, hedges and that kind of thing. Because we we're talking about this with the Uber driver on the way in that how how much crazy money there is from just from Disneyland in that area. Oh, would have all, to, yeah, yeah. All the offshoots like um, accommodation and food and blah 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 blah. So. Yeah, it's kind of pretty um, – and uh, apparently there was something to do with local government that in Orange County sort of like 10, 15 years ago, it was one of the most lucrative kind of populations in uh, California. Okay. And then there was something to do with a local politician buggered something up and now it's slipped and there's – they some something to do with like a mistake was made and they lost a bunch of money, so it's now not so much. Was it a governator? I'm not sure. I think it might be before then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's still lovely though. And um, so I went to the convention center, and it's basically like a massive convention center with gear as far as the eye can see, and then three stories, three levels of that of that. And then two basement sections as well. So, did you go into the basement? Because I, 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 I yeah. heard a lot of people say that that's where all the the freaky, freaky stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> we just went to one section of the, one of the basements because you can't get to everything. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the bit we saw was kind of a whole bunch of um, acoustic guitars, like really amazing handmade acoustic stuff, mandolins and. Um, not violin stuff, but more like trad folky stuff that just some of the timber work is incredible. And that was a quick <coughs> stroll around one of the basement areas. And we mostly hung out with the guitar gear. I would have liked to see some more studio gear and maybe some live sound stuff just for the other work I do. But, um, yeah, we got to check out a bunch of toys, wandered through, um, check out the whole boutique amp distribution setup, which was ah. like the size of a house, yeah, it was huge. And they had, I think, at least two soundproof rooms with amps and stuff in there. Oh, yeah. And Did you see um, Sammy, Sammy Bowler, the, the shredder dude, sort of long blonde hair? No. He's one of the demo guys. Oh, what was that guy's name? Do you know the guy that has the signature Sir guitar? It's like kind of looked like burnt dark brown telly. Um, uh, uh, Jimmy Page, James Page. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh god, I've gone blank. He, he's an amazing guitarist and does like um, rock stuff and country stuff as well. Elton John. Blank. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. So. <laughs> uh, no. Mateus Asato. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just looking now at the... Um, oh, Andy Wood. Uh, Andy Wood. Oh, yeah, that would have been the last one in the list, yes. Oh, yeah, it's a wood-looking telly, isn't it? Yeah, but it almost looks like it's been charred or something, like burnt. Okay. Um, anyway, so he was playing that, and um, he was on the Wampler stand when I was when I was there. Okay. And he was just setting up for, like, a demo thing. And, um, yeah, I met um, Brian Wampler and chatted to him for a little bit. Bryzo. Ah, Bryzo, mate. Yeah. yeah. Womp, womp dog, as we call womp him now. 
No, he was really lovely. We chatted about gear for a few minutes, and um, did he did he uh, did he know who, we, who who we were or? Um, not sure. But I mentioned that we or you went to uh, Forty Two Gear Street and how he was going to go or something. Yeah, and he, he said, doesn't yeah, like flying. He, he couldn't make it or something. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. If, I think the official story is he couldn't make it, but sure. I think actually from what Henning was saying is he just doesn't like flying. Okay. He's a, yeah. he's a he's not a flyer. That's right. There's lots of things I don't like. Um, so Dutch people yeah. mostly. So, so it kind of started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, so we started chatting, and then Andy Wood started playing. We kind of both stopped and just listened to him for a minute while he's setting up. And um, he was demoing the Pinnacle that uh, Wampler drive. Yeah. That sounded incredible. So we might have to get hands on one of those. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn. Well, well, I did a lot of talking to, um, what was his name? I forgot his name now, but the guy from Boutique Amp Distribution at Henning's place. Mm -hmm. And everything looked like, yep, 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 yep. Dennis, that's his name, Dennis. Um, Dennis. uh, And everything was like, yep, yep, we'll send you stuff. And then uh, I haven't heard since. But um, Mm. Oh, and then he sent me an email once saying, we're having a bunch of meetings about this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And that's the last I've heard. So I don't know. But yeah, sure. it would be nice to get some stuff from them. Yeah, because I've tried a few Wampa pedals and they've always been cool. Yeah. De- definitely have their own thing going on as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's cool. We just kind of watched Andy shred a bit and it's yeah, just so, so good. Such a great player. And then um, I, I tried the, is it the Terraform? Yeah, the, new, the the modulation thing. New modulation one, Terraform, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so in most of the booths, they have um, basically like a guitar and headphones set up so you can try pedals out and yeah. do that without um, just making a stupid amount of noise in there. And it was really busy because we went on the Saturday. We were there for like 10 hours all up, so it's kind of a massive day. But we... um. Um, it was really busy, but it was still really easy to get around. Well, actually, we found that with all of our ladies, it was heaps of like um, really thought out good logistics with people. And like at LAX, they have this whole um, basically a massive car car park with just for Ubers and taxis. Okay. And there's and there's people like staff there like directing you where to go. And if you have questions like like how to get a taxi or how to get an Uber, there's yeah. So oh, cool. So th- like, yeah, and um, so the convention center was the same. It was really well laid out. There's like thousands and thousands of people there, but still easy to walk around. You weren't bumping into people and um, wasn't shoulder to shoulder or anything. And it was loudish in there, but it wasn't crazy stupid loud. Um, so, someone else I was talking to you said, yeah, you, ha- you haven't been to the drum section yet though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, we checked uh, – Amp stuff is cool, and um, yeah, wandered through the boutique amp stuff. Um, oh, I had a quick look. I didn't get to try it, but the um, new Soldano SLO thirty head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and um, so there's a bunch of about half a dozen Soldano amps there, and I was looking at, and there's a guy kind of looks like he was he had a name badge on and was um, working there. I said, "Oh, is this the new thirty watt head?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been going well so far." And blah blah blah. 
And then next to it was like the 100 watt head in the snake skin, yeah, the black and white yeah, snake skin. Yeah. <laughs> the Richie Sambora one. Yeah, that was it. And a friend of mine, Mick, in Brisbane, used to have that exact like half stack with a quad box and a head in, in okay. uh, snakes. Okay. And um, I said, oh, I used to gig with a, a guitarist that had one of these in that finish. And I said, it was loud even before you turned it on. <laughs> hey. And that was like, just kind of like a you know, sort of passing comment joke. And he's like, oh, that's fantastic. I might have to steal that. And it turned out it was Mike's holder that was chatting to. Oh, so, cool, cool, yeah, cool. He was really lovely too. Yeah. Talked to him a minute and um, then wandered back around that. And then what else did we do? Saw a bunch of guitars stuff. Had a look at the two notes and rev. Um, Stand. Booth? Yeah. Booth, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was just... They were like a lot of booths where they just have people demoing the stuff and they didn't actually have like company representatives Okay. on the day or they, they might have been off doing meetings or something. Yeah. So um, I just kind of, yeah, just said, <laughs> yeah, they didn't realise that we'd done the giveaway with the rev pedals and that kind of thing. So Okay, yeah, yeah. They were just, um, yeah, just there for demoing stuff. And then actually one of the coolest guys I met was Eric from Frost Giant. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, he was a dude. So as soon as kind of I said, hey, he's like, oh, oh yeah, and I kind of realised connection and um, end up chatting for quite a while and um, he's like, oh, if you thought that was cool, check this out. And he has this an, another fuzz with a crazy, like more intense spluttery gate on it. Oh, cool. And he's doing we the need to, We need to, um, drop, we drop need to talk. And stuff. We need yeah, to talk was, and get some more stuff of him because, yeah, I, I really like that fuzz, that Saint the Sufferance. Yeah. That's a killer fuzz. That was fun. And um, I was saying it's almost, yeah, almost like a, a fuzz that can go crazy, but it's also accessible for people who don't really do fuzz. Yeah. So I know there's a whole world of those people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was really fun. Chatted him for quite a while. And oh, just up on that same sort of booth, there's kind of like maybe like half a dozen pedal builders. And um, Alex from Anna Sounds had a... Um, a section up the other end of that same booth and checked out his um, crazy fidget spinner pedal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, it's you, a, you kick it or something that makes the modulation. Yeah, so it has this, it's like a um, <coughs> like a CNC cutout spinner, like with three three arms or something. Yeah. And basically you can hook it up to their um, uh, tremolo. Yeah. It's a... And you can either set it for like ramp up or ramp down. So, for example, if you have it ramped down, you flick the spinner and it goes at a certain speed and that's the speed of the tremolo. And as the spinner slows down, the tremolo rate slows down too. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was was really neat. And, um, yeah, again, I get to muck around with that and um, they just, yeah, have like an amp sim or like a two-notes type thing. Yeah. You can put headphones on and noodle away. And... um, yeah, that was cool, and checked out their spring reverbs and stuff, and I might have to chat to him again about um, getting some more stuff on the show. I really want to try um, his the, the reverb tanks. Yeah, um, yeah, they were cool. But I think I would really – because a lot of people go for the more, you know, the smaller one or the medium one, so you can put it under your pedal board and all that stuff. I want to try the really big one mm. for yep. just – because everyone says that's not really spring reverb, that's sort of the next level. Um, but I just really want to try that. I think that would be cool. And actually, um, is it Studio Connection? I think Studio Connections, who we just started dealing with here with Audient. 
Yeah, they yeah. do Anasound. Anasounds here as well. So maybe between Anasounds Studio Connections and us, we can work out a few things. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cause um, yeah, they're kind of doing some cool stuff at the moment. And if you're if you are in France, Alex does also pedal building workshops, I believe. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of pretty cool. And you can um, um, yeah, to build some gear together. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's even doing one in London. Maybe coming up soon. Okay. I think I saw on their socials. Um, yeah, that's cool. And um, what else we see? Oh, the Chase Bliss fadery thingies. The, what are the they new, called? New Chase, the, Chase Bliss or, or, pedals. Automat, automatone? Automatone? That's it. Pedals? Yeah, something like that. that's what it is. Automatone. Automatone? Automatone? However you, mm. wherever you put the emphasis. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's photography or photography, photography. It's. Uh, I just posted today. I put the pic- picture up um, um, about you know eleven thousand subscribers. Thank you to everyone. And uh, Phil McKnight. Um, hi, Phil. Yeah. If you're listening, by the way, uh, know your gear, Phil McKnight. Um, he did a live stream a couple of weeks ago. I think. Anyway, and I was on and I said, hey, Phil, and he's always lovely and says, ah, oh, Gabor, how are you doing, man? From the Superfund, and he can never remember the name. And he said, <laughs> what you guys need is a jingle so ah. you can remember the name. And he just wrote, uh, awesome, guys, congratulations, but you still need a theme song. <laughs> so maybe we should write silly, the uh, jingle. That's not Super such a silly fun, idea. happy, Awesome, better time, <laughs> better show, whatever it is. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> I even got it wrong now. Well, that's why I actually I wore my T-shirt with the, the name on it, so I didn't have to try and explain it to everyone. Yeah, yeah, you can just say, yeah. look, look. So, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe just for Phil, we might at least do one episode with it. Because he said, um, it was yep. funny, he messaged, this is a couple of months ago, he messaged me and he said, um, uh I've been totally nerding out over the whole weekend just watching most of your videos from all the way back to now. And, oh, really? Uh, you guys have improved so much. So cool. I really like your show. Keep doing blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's a lovely dude, Phil. So oh, um, nice. That's, that's very sweet. nice of him, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. I'll have to say hi next time. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, most important question about Nam. Yeah. Did anyone recognize you? Yes, a couple people. Oh, cool. Which is pretty cool, yeah. Mind you, it's in good company to be recognised in. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's but not I, just down the street <laughs> going to the shops. <laughs> I just know, I know um, um, uh, both RJ and um, I think it was Ryan. Yeah, uh, were mentioning um, that they had trouble this year, even shooting videos and doing stuff because so many people kept com- kept coming up to them saying, "Oh, you RJ Ronkilia, man! Yeah, yeah, man!" And- <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Totally famous in the totally slightly famous small, yeah. small gear community. In gear nerd world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a thing. Uh, yeah, actually, one of the guys from uh, Chase Bliss Audio um, doing the demos said he watches the show. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was really cool. We chatted for a while and um, talked about gear and stuff. I can't remember now, but he was really nice. Oh, cool, 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 cool. And uh, Oh, yeah, so the Chase Bliss pedals. I tried the, the preamp. Yeah. That's... Interesting. Might need some time with that. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love to get my hand on both of them because the reverb sounds killer too. But um, I really would like to try because, I mean, it's based on the Benson preamp mm. pedal. 
but then yep. it has extra stuff on it. It has all that extra EQ on it and the fuzz on it and all that extra stuff. It does stuff. have, it does have really fuzz, liked, yeah. I'd really like to try the Benson preamp as well because lots of people rave about that. Yeah. I, um, I was playing and I didn't realize there was a fuzz circuit on it at first. Okay. I'm like, wow, some of these preamps are really crazy, like over the top. <laughs> and then there's a big button that says fuzz in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That gives yeah. it away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought the reverb was like really cool and probably more accessible. Like if you plug it in and you get pretty cool sounds straight away. Well, isn't it based on like an old lexicon basically that everyone uses, that everyone I'm used in sure, the studios actually. back in the day? Could be, yeah. Because um, I think one of the cool things about it as well is you've got um, a control over. Like you have, you, you can you can assign how much reverb you want for different frequencies. Hmm. So you can have, um, you know, the low frequencies can yeah. have less reverb, but the higher frequencies have more reverb, and and you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, the details escape me. It's been a couple of weeks now. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah it was really cool. Well, hopefully, um, you never know. I mean, they've been really good to us and send us stuff in the past, mm. so you never know. We might they might send us some, which I I'd absolutely love that. Yeah, if they would, would be cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's a cool idea marrying the whole another way to marry analog and digital um, control. Yeah. yeah, and 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 processing and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? What else? Oh yeah, so. Um, checked out the JHS booth, which is like all white. <laughs> the whole thing was white. Have these like white pillars with some pedals on there. Yeah, they, they, he's got a thing with white and red, I think. That's the two yeah. colors he really likes. So that was kind of like super hip LA sort of apartment kind of vibe. Okay. Everyone else is just, I got just got some gear on the table and they themed the whole thing. Uh, I did play the... Um, um, the new drives, the cheese. What's the cheese one? I keep forgetting that. Cheese ball. Let, let, let me have a look. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Uh, cheese, cheese ball. Maybe cheese, cheese ball. Ball. Ball cheese. Cheese balls of cheese. Balls of cheese. The old balls of cheese. <laughs> yeah. So I played the balls of cheese. Um. Yeah. Pedals. Hang on. JHS pedals. Let's have a look. I don't want to go to YouTube. You look. You're looking uh, on the internet. Yeah, the uh, the uh, internet. Here we go. JHS pedals. Um, uh, no, I don't want to go to their shop. I just want to go to the freaking website. <laughs> Here. Why are you doing that? Oh, yeah. Uh, pedals. Uh, there's the one with the sneaker on it, the Paul Gilbert one. I tried that too. It's, where is it? Yeah, um, remember I saw Eric uh, do a video of the um, yeah of that cheese pedal, and it sounded really cool. It's cool. Uh, okay. The... Oh, this is yeah cheese ball compression preamp fuzz distortion. Here we are. Cheese ball. And it's got a slice of cheese on it. Cheese ball distortion yes. fuzz, and it's cheese based ball. on the old um, love tone one, I think. Uh, mm, lovely, lovely balls of cheese. Love turn ball cheese. Wait, <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah, I think it's it. It's based on a love tone, big cheese. I think that's what it's called. The love tone big cheese. That's mm. what it's based on. Oh yeah, another one's like kind of like wide and big. Yeah, and they had like inputs up the top, and they made yeah. um they made the um they're really yeah big massive. 
and I think they're um, um, they were made in England, and I'm pretty sure actually I just heard somewhere the guy who originally made those uh, is now teaming up with uh, Thorpey Effects. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're gonna rebuild a lot of them in in with Thorpey Effects. Yeah, cool. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, the um. Uh, Paul Gilbert one was okay. I didn't really dig it that much. Okay. But I really like the cheese ball one. Okay. And what else we do? <coughs> um, yeah, wandered around for a while, checked out a bunch of guitars. Oh, I saw all the Reverend stuff. Oh, yeah? That just looks fun. They look really cool. Um, I should have made notes. We, um, yeah, Went and saw RJ play. Oh yeah, at the Dario booth in the afternoon, and um, and um, yeah, sort of watched him. And was, he was playing with some other guy, and they'd just do like like ten fifteen minute demo thing of um, just playing some blues stuff. Okay, and the other guy pretty much soloed the whole set, the whole three or four songs. But it kind of made me realize how solid that. RJ's rhythm playing is like how actually really musical and right on the money that is. Did you see that video he did with Tim Pierce recently? Yeah, some of it. That's such good playing on that. Like, yeah, crazy good playing. Yeah, he's a great player. Great player. He just, he just comped and played chords for like 15 minutes, and I, was, I started listening to the chord changes, like rather than the actual soloing. Okay. Because yeah. it was like, it's actually really good. It was just two, two electric guitars. He's one of those guys, RJ, you think he's great and then he'll do something and he goes, oh, that's, I never quite Waited. knew that's, he yeah. does that sort of stuff and that's really, really good as well. <laughs> and then, I know. And then you know, a couple of months later you see something else and you go, oh, shit. Hate people with talent. Yeah, just, just really just good ridiculous. In, in everything and all these little hidden talents that all of a sudden mm. come out and you go, oh, crap, he could do that as well and he's really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that was yeah, sort of he's great, yeah. Very fun to watch. There was oh, as far as the demo thing, we saw a few kind of demo stuff, mostly from metal guys. I didn't know who the hell they were, but they're really good. Um, one or two of the booths had like, you know, like how you get headphones for solid discos. Okay. They had that, but like for demos, for like, and have people like fifty people, sixty people with headphones on, standing around just watching some guy go. And you take your and you take the headphones off, and all year is like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then, um, yeah, so when we were watching RJ, um, Mike from China Guitar Skeptic was on the other side of the kind of crowd that built up around it. And um, afterwards, yeah, we came over and said hi and then started chatting. And, um, yeah, we ended up hanging out for pretty much the rest of the day. So Mike's that was great. Kind of, um, yeah. Hi, Mike, by the way, if you time. are listening. Um Really good time. Yeah, Mike's yeah, awesome. Was, Mike, I, I I very much enjoyed hanging out with Mike. Was very cool. We um we kind of checked out a bunch of stuff together, and he'd been there for three or four, like pretty much the whole time. Yeah, like all the pre stuff, and he's like, uh, he goes, I've been here for days, and he goes, I haven't even seen the Fender booth yet. <laughs> yeah, like that's how crazy big it is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we went upstairs, and we did take a bunch of. Video, I might try and salvage some, but it was, must have been the wrong frame rate, and all the 
fluoro is a flickery on all most of the footage. Uh-huh. So it's a bummer. But I think I think <laughs> I think um, some of the stuff in the Fender booth is okay because we did this whole thing about playing those acoustic sonic guitars. Oh, okay. And basically, we ripped on them the whole time, like how crap they were. And then there's this bit about um, checking out the pedals, and there's two <laughs> two pedals that are both kind of this brownie color, like a coppery color. Okay. And um, and he's saying, uh, yeah, th- this one has a lighter overdrive because it's a lighter brown color. Okay. And this one has a d- darker sound because it's. <laughs> and then um, Zoe's filming it, and some some guys just showed up in the background and started asking us questions about it. So we just made up answers, not okay. knowing that we didn't work for Fender. <laughs> so I think we might try and put that up on um, sometime. So okay, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. And um, so that was fun. Well, Fender stuff had some really cool stuff and some really weird stuff. Um, it had the half million dollar Fabergé egg strap. Oh, that's just so dumb on so many levels. Which is Which I wanted to buy for you. But I didn't have a guitar case, so I didn't buy it for you. So. And it just comes in a gig bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like 39 bucks. You have to buy it extra. You go, oh, mate, if you want a case, that's uh, that's another $27,000, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's $1,100 million. Uh, and it's kind of like one of those things. It, I don't know. Maybe they just did it for the exercise, but it didn't even look that good. No, I thought it looked pretty ugly, actually. But I don't know. Maybe just Fabergé eggs aren't my thing. Yeah. So well, that's okay. Whatever. Um, I don't know how many people's thing they are, but. So <laughs> <laughs> old rich people with no taste. Yeah, well, yeah. come to Noosa. That's, yeah, <laughs> sure there's some eggs up there. Um, some of the cool stuff was like the, oh, what was that series? Escapes me again. Like that telly with the gold four pickups and the kind of pastel blue one. I put a photo up on our um, Insta face. Oh yeah, that one. The yeah, is is that that parallel universe or whatever it is? Or might be that one. Or, or paranormal activities or something like that. <laughs> Freaky dicky. Uh, I'm not sure. But they did some really cool stuff. Like there's um, there's actually one that looks a little bit like Aboriginal dot painting. Uh-huh. But it's actually like it's that kind of those patterns and stuff. But it's not that. But it's that kind of vibe. Um, some other like really cool relic stuff and um, things like that. Um, yeah. Other than that, was kind of all Fendery, the usual Fender <coughs> stuff. And then next door to that, on that same level, was the Gibson booth. Goodbye. Which had like a, which was basically a rock venue. So okay. they had. This massive stage and like a line array PA flowing from the ceiling, and rock bands playing loud all day. Just there's, a, there's even like a schedule at the front of the door, You're like what bands you can come and see on the rock rock stage. Crazy and, Gibson uh, kids with their rock and roll music. I know, <laughs> with the rocking and the rolling, the hipping and a hopping, yeah. But um, but the whole room is full of guitars, like all the demo stuff. So you kind of like check out a guitar, but there's a loud band in the corner. Not on the corner, but against the wall. Huh. So, um, yeah. Did, you, did of, you go, quiet, I'm trying to listen to, I'm trying to work out this guitar. Can you keep it down, please? I can't hear my Epiphone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, some of the new Epiphone stuff's pretty cool. 
Okay. They've changed the headstock around to look a little bit like the old Gibson headstocks and stuff. Okay. Like yeah, like there was a big unveil of the new headstock. and Yeah, it does look cool. It does look better, I'd say. This, this still just seems so douchey to me, the whole Gibson thing. It's just yeah, douchey people. I think Fender and Gibson are the same for me. Like I like some of their stuff and really don't care about other stuff. Like yeah. some sp- stuff really talks to me, like that telly with golf or pickups and the kind of sort of almost like um, thin line scratch plate th- kind of thing. That was really cool. But if like a strat in Sunburst, I like, couldn't care less about it. Yeah, no, no. You know, and, and just another Les Paul I don't really care about, but I'd really like a 339. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, Speaking, yeah. Sorry, just, okay. just speaking of strat, did you see RJ bought a new strat? No, I didn't see that. He because he's going through a Hendrix phase. Ah, he bought nice. a left-handed custom shop Paisley Strat. Wow! But it's actually left-handed. Yeah. Um. So he plays a right, a left-handed one, right-handed. So wrong way around. It, lo- it looks. But still, the you know the trend buys on the top. <laughs> the everything's it's it's actually it's an actual left-handed one that he he. But yeah, custom shop. Um. And it's a kind of a paisley finish and a scratch plate is all paisley as well. But not yeah, right. that kind of pinkish or blue paisley, but like a, um, I think it's like a burst kind of paisley. He did a live stream actually earlier on today and he was talking about that. Um, did he put a picture up? No, he hasn't put a picture up yet. He did a, um, um, um Instagram live, live stream earlier on today. Talking about, oh, I got my new guitar. And it's his Paisley yeah, cool. left-handed Strat. But yep. because he, he was doing a live stream on his phone, it was flipped around the other way, so it looked like he was playing a right-handed <laughs> sure. Strat upside down, left-handed. But anyway, yeah. sorry, yeah, so right. keep going, keep going. I just um, That's funny. It was an interesting-looking guitar. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, oh, yeah, that was kind of Gibson and Fender stuff. Um, what else do we do? It's kind of a blur. We did walk around a lot. We lined up for coffee for about half an hour. Um, oh, we did take snacks, which um, Mike ended up ripping on us because we always wanted snacks all, all afternoon. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, take some food. And there is water everywhere, which is cool for such a big place. Like, again, it's re- really well laid out. There's Apparently there's like 10,000 people there every day and didn't have to really line up for toilets or water or anything except for coffee, but... Was it good coffee or was it that bad American drip drip coffee thing? No, that was sad coffee, that one. Sad coffee, yeah. yeah. Actually, (laughs) most of the food in the States was quite good, but we went to decent places. We just didn't go to In-N-Out Burger and, you know. But In-N-Out Burger, everyone talks about In-N-Out Burger. That's that's the one I would go to just to check because especially uh, I think Josh Scott talks about it. That's like the best place ever, In-N-Out Burger. Yeah, right. (laughs) So uh, so did did you see any, any famous people? Um, how famous? As in, like, did Stevie Wonder walk past you and go, "Hey, I recognize you from that uh, YouTube channel"? You know what? <laughs> I, he didn't, and there's probably a couple of reasons why he didn't say that. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of hung out all day, and then so oh, we actually we have to say um big thank you to um. Adriano from Mod Devices. Oh yeah, yeah, they they uh, um, smuggled you in. He made passes happy happen for Zoe and himself, and um, we did hang out with them for a bit. 
actually, before I tell you about that, they had this guy demoing Headlocks, this crazy six-string custom bass, and he was demoing the the, the gear. The mod device just, and stuff? Y- yeah. And um, there he's kind of sitting in the booth, back of the booth, just playing this, like, the coolest hip envelope filter bass lines. And we were chatting away, and I kept sort of, like, zoning out listening to his bass okay. playing. It was really, really cool. So um, I have to find out who he was because I'm sure he's got amazing con- content somewhere. Oh, I'd say so. And um, um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, Adriana. So we um, yeah caught up with him because we've done a bunch of stuff with them in the past with uh, some demo stuff and checked out the gear. And, um, yeah, they've got two new like updated version of the um, Mod Duo coming out. Which has a whole bunch of like um, we've talked about this, but I don't think on podcasts. Basically, like almost like like a machine. Actually, I've got here the Native Instruments machine, like the touch sensitive. Yeah. I'm not sure um, control pads you can play. So they're kind of getting into the world of like more producer side of um, sounds and like desktop. Which control that's, of that's, synth and amp stuff. In all honesty, that's what I use it for. You know, that's, yeah, sure, yeah. me too. Yep. Um, so, and they look really cool. Like the um, that's a the Duo first X, gen- yeah. That's that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. The first generations, like it's all functional, but it's kind of just a black box with a couple of screens. But n- now it's kind of looking exciting too, which yeah. unfortunately does appeal to people going into a music shop and. Oh yeah, look, yeah. of course it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all that, we're all that vein, really. So of course we are. Um, that was really cool, and they're doing a, a middle little one called a dwarf, which is basically like a, a scaled down version, which phys- physically smaller too. I'm pretty sure we're going to get one of them soon. Yeah, he mentioned that yeah. when they're all done and finished prototyping and stuff. Um, but he said the little one it only has like a fraction less processing power, so it's not like half the amount of. No, no, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and it's like way like at least half the price, but only has like a like. 10% less or whatever it was, less processing power. Yeah, I think that's something if we get that, that's something that may end up on my pedal board. Sure. Because that's something that's... Um, and it's like, yeah, more pedal board friendly, the physical size yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they were, they were like in the um, like synth world, I guess. Yeah. At Now they were kind of next to Korg and... Um, a bunch of other big synth uh, companies. Well, I, th- I think I think their stuff has really gone more towards the synth guys. Um, yeah, which yep. is I think that's one of the reasons they got us to do some videos with them and want us to do videos for them uh, with guitar. You know, replicating guitar sounds. Yeah, because I think they're trying to get in with the guitar crowd a bit more. Mm. Yep, that's cool. I, yeah, he was actually super lovely. We chatted for quite a while and. I introduced him to um to Mike, China Mike, and um and yeah, they got a well too. So that was fun. Well, hopefully with those there'll guys. be some. Hopefully there'll be some. Um, maybe they'll start working together a little bit too, which would be good. Mm. Yeah, and then um, it was kind of not long after that. I think I'm just trying to remember the order of things. I think I might have gone and check out some more pedals for an hour or two and then by that time 
it was um, kind of the end of the day, five or six. Okay. That's when and they release the um, hounds and get everyone to go out. What's that, sorry? That's when they release the hounds. <laughs> yes. Well, the bees. The bees. <laughs> or the, well, the hounds the, with the bees hounds in their shooting mouths. The, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, so there's this kind of this kind of three buildings that make up this whole complex of the convention center. There's like the main building, and I think there's a secondary like um, convention building that wasn't involved with the show. But the third one is the Hilton Hotel. Yeah. Which is, I guess, like hotel for people going to conventions and also for Disneyland across the street. Yeah. So there's like heaps of you know business there for a big hotel right in the middle of everything. Yeah. And um, so in kind of the three, between the three massive, huge buildings, there's this kind of like a couple little streets for, you know, people dropping off and, you know, um, taxis and all that kind of stuff. But they yeah. block most of that off. And um, they put... A big stage in there, and they have, um, they have, yeah, performances and things. So basically, at f- six o'clock, the whole convention center em- empties out onto the street, which have blocked off in this kind of thoroughfare. Yeah. A- and then they put a band on. And um, Mike says, uh, "Oh, I wonder who's going to play tonight? It was uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire last night." Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Damn, missed that one. And, oh, who was it? There was Earth, Wind, and Fire, but they had a guest singer. As well, uh, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Not him. Jimi Hendrix. Less of him. <laughs> it was like like an eighties rocker dude. Oh, I can't uh, remember now. Sebastian Bach. <laughs> it was going to be Stevie Wonder, but he couldn't find it. Uh, hey, so, uh, he got lost. Hey. Um, um, uh, uh, John Bon Jovi. Uh, sure, we'll just say that. Okay. Uh, so we wander out there, and um, he's actually he said, "Oh, oh, actually, that's who we're hanging out with." Um, uh, Kyle, Carl, sorry, Carl Golden from um, their, their mates too, both from okay, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he also, if you don't know, he has a massive YouTube channel. He's a YouTuber, and there was another guy, Mike, oh, Mike Bradley. God, what was his? No, another artist, like a, a musician artist guy. He was actually a fan of the show too, in LA, dude. Musician? Yeah. God, From LA? Anyway. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Steve Ray Vaughan? <laughs> was it Steve Ray Vaughan? Was it Steve Ray? <laughs> anyway, there's, Ray Charles. there's Zoe and myself. Yeah, Ray Charles. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cleverly disguised as a uh, 25-year-old white man. Ah. Mason Stoops. Uh, no. Um, I'm just trying so to think of names um, of... Oh, what's his name? He was really cool. I'll find it later to let you know. And so there's probably about half a dozen of us went across to like the... Um, at the Hilton where the kind of valet parking drop-off thing is on front of hotels. Okay. They, they block that all off and make it a bar. So we went in there and had beers and then watched the band, which turned out to be Tower of Power. Which that's pretty cool. Which is very cool. And Mike had never heard of them. Mike. Fine, Mike. Shame on you, I Mike. I think I heard I think I remember maybe it was last year or the year before Henning did a video because he, he tries to always stay at the Hilton, so it's it's easy to yeah, get cool. to Nam. 
And yep. I think he was looking out of his window, hotel room window, and M- Melissa Etheridge was playing just down there. Yeah, cool. Um, and he was he was saying, "I'm trying to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> Keep it down, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> that was cool. And then, um, um, yeah, because it's like the main outside stage is sponsored by Yamaha. Yeah. So they did they did half a set, and then there's this kind of big montage video of like how interviewing the um the guys in the band and how they play Yamaha saxophones and drums and how Yamaha's always been there to support them and they're the best in the world and much better than the other people and yes, they yes. suck and yes. and then they hate other people hate your grandmother and all that kind of thing. And then um who doesn't hate then your they grandmother? Do, <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Have you met her? <laughs> and then they do the rest of the set and uh yeah, it's killer. And that and they're just on fire too, had all all the I'm not big on the lineup, but they had all the hot guys apparently, like the actual proper players, because they're getting on. Like the band's been around forever. Oh yeah, of course. So they're not so young dudes. Dave Garibaldi and I think we talked about that. Mm. Dave Garibaldi and Rocco Bristia, possibly the bass player and drummer. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a bass player, but I'm pretty sure that that drummer was there. But Dave Garibaldi, yeah. Because um, the bass player was kind of because we were slightly off to the side, like maybe 45 degrees off from where the bar was, and um. So I think the bass player was hidden in, like by the wing in the front of house rig. Did they do what like, is hip? Yeah. Because that's all I love the that the bass line in that. It's oh. all 16th, just all the way through. So good. They yeah. did all the hits, like, huh. yeah, all, all their hits, which is cool. And then um, so we basically just drank beer and watched them for ages. And then we, we were all starving and we were like, oh, we, um, we did get invited to go hang out with the pedal builders hang that night okay but it was but it was quite a while away and um we could either do that and try and work out where this pizza place was and we didn't have anyone's phone number and um or we could go inside with like those other youtuber dudes like literally straight in the front door of the hilton which like it's a big foyer it's quite a big hotel but the whole foyer turns into a rock venue Uh for the week So that actually had like a taco truck in there, so we had tacos and then more beer, and then hung around till like uh, ten or eleven. What, what, what you do in LA is you go and find a bunch of guys at night that stand around outside, and you just go up to them and say, uh, hey, "Excuse me, Mister, I'm looking for this pizza place. Can you point me in the right direction?" <laughs> Hello, <laughs> <laughs> and they will gladly help you. <laughs> yes, because they're very friendly. Yes, they, it's it's every you know everywhere else in the world it's called. You know, asking for directions in LA, yep. it's called mugging, <laughs> losing fingers. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so we uh, hung out there, and there's really good blues band, like really cool, funky rock and blues stuff. Was it Stevie Ray? Uh, yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> oh no, wait, it wasn't. I was a guy from Hawaii, I think. Hawaiian guy. Huh. And then, um, yeah, so and. Um, Carl and myself end up chatting for like an hour or two about guitars and life and stuff. Oh, cool. And Zoe disappeared for a while. I don't know. I think she was taking photos. I assume that's how it happened. And, um, Making a bit yeah, of cash on the Mike. side. <laughs> yeah, get some <laughs> Uber money. And, um, and yeah, then got a, oh, we got an Uber back into LA, which is quite a bit of a hike and cost a bit of money, actually. But, um, this this guy 
just really wanted to tell us all about his amazing new band uh-huh. and um, how he's going to be groundbreaking and do like, I know he's got some guy that used to play with Who or something like that, some crap. And um, yeah, it's going to be like the most inventive music you've ever heard. Of course it is. I'm like, I'm like cool, cool, bro. <laughs> How's the Uber driving going? <laughs> but yeah, he just kind of, he basically moaned the whole trip that he wasn't getting to hang out with other famous people, oh. like uh, driving did them he, back. Did, did he say, don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> I have a YouTube exactly. channel, you know. With the longest name in the world. Yes, longest, dumbest name in the world that no one can ever remember. And a um, uh, couple other cool things in California. We went to some cool guitar shops. Probably should mention before we wrap it up. Yeah, we've gone about an hour and a half, so yeah, we should. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, I went to a guitar center in in, in Hollywood because it kind of have to. Uh, yeah, it's just like any other guitar shop. But the back room, make sure you go to the back room if you go there because that's where the cool stuff is, the vintage the, the stuff. The vintage room, yeah, I've heard about that, yeah. yeah. And I was very kind of tempted by a 50SK archtop. Ah. That was really cool. That was really fun. And a um, whole bunch of really cool tweed amps, like little, um, yeah, like really old little Fender tweed combos. Um, some lovely stuff in there. That was fun. I ended up buying a pedal, the OCD, actually, we just did the video of. Oh, yeah. They came from Guitar Center Hollywood. Which is pretty cool. Um, there was going to be more shopping at guitar places, but the two days I kind of had free to do stuff when we came back to LA from San Fran was um, like a Sunday, Monday, and turns out that um, Norm's Rare Guitars is closed Sunday, Mondays. Ah. So I didn't get there. Yeah, well. And, but I did go to a really cool place in San Francisco called Real Guitars was. Pretty yeah. Sure Real Guitars. And those guys were super cool. I actually almost bought a guitar there, but the neck was like a quite a strong V-shape. It wasn't really. Or that funky looking one. Yeah. So the, the story was there's this local guy, like actually like in the next suburb in San Fran, that builds guitars, all one-offs. And he said they've sold like 50 or 60 of his guitars. They're just really cool, really unique. And to the point where if they try and put an order in, he'll, in, he'll just say no. Like okay. He only, yeah. he just builds what he wants to build. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what I have for sale. Do you want it? And they just, they said, yeah, we just take everything he, he wants to give us. So it was a, um, a warm-off neck, but he built all the body from scratch. And it's kind of like this clunky, squarish Jazz master Jaguar kind of body. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, almost like a um, whitewash pastel blue color. But it had these really cool um, Diamond pickups. Yeah. Yeah. That, were, that just sounded cool. And, and, um, you the point where a like, different neck for it, or you could have just sanded the V back. <laughs> the v- <laughs> get a belt sander on Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was sort of playing it for five or ten minutes, sort of arm and narring whether I needed it in my life. And it wasn't that expensive, maybe like seven or eight hundred dollars US. Okay. And shoulda, um, shoulda, shoulda. Yeah, I don't know. I just never got on with V Nex. If you yeah. had it for a month, you'd be fine, but Yeah. Know. Yeah. No, I'm not a big V Neck guy either. I think you either go one or the other. But swapping well, swapping between guitars is would be a bit weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff. 
Um, yeah. Here, he had one of the, or still has one of the, um, uh, Eric Clapton signature, the Martin Martin Triple O's. Oh yeah, and yep. it's got a pronou- quite a pronounced V-neck on it as well. And I never got along with it because of that. Yeah, yeah, um, it's okay. Yeah. Some people dig it, some people don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's kind of a nutshell of my guitar times. In like, I think if we're actually going to do it as a channel, we'd probably have to um, at least more than two of us. Yeah. Well, I think I think and and. Like and- it- to get like someone filming and someone help set up and then cameras and stuff because it's yeah it's, it's kind I of think, a big animal. I think for me the the if I'd go and I think a lot of channels sort of approach it like that now as well. It's more about meeting people and making contacts. Mm. Um, I think rather than actually the filming side of things because I mean there's guys like Henning who do good job filming everything. Yep. Uh, from a guitar side of things, the Andertons guys, you know, they do all that sort of stuff and they have a whole crew with them. And yeah, I think if I would go, um, for me, it would be more about, I think I would make a list of people I would like to go and see and then try yep. and go and see them, which I know is difficult, but... Um, yeah, because some, some are there and some are not there. And yeah. like even chatting to Brian Wampler, he was like super lovely and all the time in the world for you, but even after two or three minutes, is someone that came up to him and said, "Oh, we have to go and meet so and so." Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like it's kind of everyone's in that boat. So you kind of, if it's there, you kind of chat to people, and if they're not, you just well, check that, out gear. That's so, where hopefully uh, uh, things like Forty Two Gear Street, which uh, yeah. there is talk again now about Forty Two mm. Gear Street Two uh, happening this it's, year. So uh, is that different to Forty Two Jump Street? Uh, no, it's exactly the same. Oh, it's exactly the same. <laughs> is it 42 Jump Street? All we do is... Um, is it number 42? Tw- is it 20? 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, not 42. Ah. Well, it's actually half like a block away. Yeah, 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 yeah down the street. Um, yeah, yeah, all we did was uh, we we worked at like cool 80s choreography dances and that's all we did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, that. that there's, there's, um, anyway, there's talk in the pipelines now. Yeah. So, yep. um, we'll see what happens. And that's, that's better for like content from a YouTuber point of view. But Much I think better. Nam is kind of more like self indulgent, just geeking out and chatting to people. And, um, yeah, but I think, to, yeah, it, it, it's more about, it's, about it's meeting super people. Super fun. Like, it's super fun. Yeah. But it, it's, it's super fun. It just kind of hanging. Um, you know, have some beers afterwards and then kind of watch people play. And it's almost like just being a guitar enthusiast or guitar player again. Yeah. Rather than, um, and yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'll definitely go again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well maybe you never know. We might, mm. we might end up doing it. Or we could, uh, maybe the uh, summer name in Nashville. That's another one, possibly. Yeah. So I'm sure we could score a comm from a few friends. We probably could, yeah. Mm, or just sleep in the streets because it'll be summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's safe there, we all know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, that's a possibility. That's something that's... Yeah, we, that could be fun. Know, we may be able to work something out. We'll I've see what happens anyway. We'll yeah, see cool. see what happens. Um, nice, man. 
Cool. Well, I guess we've been going for an hour and 36 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> bloody hell. Let's wrap this up. So, uh, yes. It's lunchtime. Thank you to the, the uh, 0.3 people that uh, stuck around till the end now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Good hanging with you. Ken, thank you for being the one guy who listens to the whole episode. <laughs> um, thanks, Ken. Hey, mate. Um, Hope you didn't get washed away in the floods. Yeah, that would suck when you, yeah. you're trying to deliver the mail. So on that note, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with more, maybe with Mike. You never know. We'll see what Mike's up to. Maybe have a chat to Mike. Sure, yeah. And, That'd be fun. Uh, or if not, then with someone else or maybe just us. <laughs> That's nothing, babe. You will find out. <laughs> so on that note, uh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, folks, for hanging. We'll uh, see you next time. Talk Bye. to you. See ya. Bye.